0: Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him.
1: I am the Yehovah, your Elohim. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. So the Lord is saying, I brought you out. I set you free. I gave you this land. I gave all this to you. I told you I would take care of you. And now I'm going to take care of these who have come against you. But you haven't obeyed me. Boy, did he have their attention. So God performs miracles, does he not? He does great things. He sets us free. The Israelites were worried about their enemies. God said, just wait a minute here. Don't you remember how I brought you out? How I delivered you? How I set you free? So why is Israel afraid of pagans? I want to tell you why. Because they had forgotten the power of this relationship from a God who had revealed himself to them. Now, These Amorites and these Midianites worship idols uh, to get them things they want. But they are not worshiping a God who is personable. They are idolatrous and idolatrous and adulterous in their living. And Israel has not been walking right with the Lord. And the Lord is saying, remember when I did something for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we remember now. Well, it's time for you to come back to me and let me show you what I will do again for you. And I promise you he's not going to do it for them because they've been behaving. He promises to do it for them because he made promises. God is the everlasting covenant keeping God. So they were in a mess, but God said, I remember my promises and I keep them. I'm going to ask you to remember this and write it down, the power of praise. If you want to see Jehovah Shalom show up, start praising God. The power of praise. God reminded Israel of of who he was, and then he told them, and you've neglected me. So he was wanting them to come back into right relationship with him. He was inviting them back to remember the spiritual truths. When God said, I brought you out of Egypt, I brought you out of bondage, I brought you out of the hand of the slavery, I set you free. Slavery. It's not an American-owned thing. Slavery has been around for generations, thousands of years. It's a plight on any society. But the Jews knew what slavery was. They were not getting paid. They were getting whooped if they didn't work hard enough, fast enough. How is it that they had gone from Goshen, the beautiful land of provision, to now being literally slaves at the hands of of Egypt? I'm going to tell you why. Because every generation has to have an encounter with God. And there was a Pharaoh who knew the goodness of God, but he died. And if you don't, remind and show and tell the power of that God who brought blessing another generation will rise up like one has in our country and they forget about the freedoms and the liberties that we've had and these horrible Nazi flags that just it's just vile are you hearing me it's wrong if anyone ever says that what they did to the Jews in World War II didn't happen, you can call them a liar. I said you can call them a liar, and liars will have no place in heaven. But in the lake of fire, they have a they have an address. I've been to the camps. I've stood in front of the ovens. I've put my hand in the dust that is the ashes of human beings. I have smelt the smell of the burning rooms. I have knelt before the ash heaps where they have buried thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Jews that they killed. And you can get yourself on a plane and go and see the very same thing. It happened. But if you let a generation pass from praising God and remembering who Jehovah is, people will always revert back to sin, just like Israel did. And now they're facing another problem. So we forget to thank him for what he's done already, but God reminds us, this is what I did. I set you free. So when the problem that was before them was overwhelming them, God was saying, if you'll move back into praise and worship, I'll set you free. God would perform a miracle for them. I just want to remind you of this relationship. God sends an angel to literally draft a farm boy named Gideon into military duty. God called Gideon to be the captain of a new army and to go out and fight the Midianites. And I can promise you Gideon saw himself as the most unlikely candidate for the job. God had to give him some miraculous signs to prove that he was serious about this call. And at last, Gideon was convinced, and he accepted the call of God. And when he accepted the call of God, he built an altar. And there, he named that altar Jehovah Shalom. Now, I want to tell you part of that for just a real brief moment. Gideon sees the angel of the Lord, and he is overwhelmed with shock and awe. And then he says to the angel of the Lord, if you're really from the Lord, you stay right there and I'm going to go prepare an offering. Now Gideon had enough wherewithal. I don't know about you, but Gideon had enough wherewithal to say, you just stay put, and I'll go make an offering. And the angel of the Lord stayed. He agreed to hang out while a man goes and prepares a young goat, dresses it and prepares it for a proper offering, and brings these... Um, this. The bread offerings, which is made of, it was an unleavened bread made of an ephah of flour. He brings it and he lays it it's in a basket and he sets it before the angel. Now, I know some of us think that God is just so hasty. He just wants you to just hurry up and do it. And then he's, he's got other things to take care of in the universe. But I want you to see when God was getting ready to do something miraculous, he didn't have a problem having the angel of the Lord stay and abide until the man could bring what he believed was a proper sacrifice to acknowledge what was being said. And I want us to stop getting in such a rush that we think God doesn't want to move in our life for longer than about two seconds at the altar. So he brings this offering, he lays it there, and the angel of the Lord said, put it on this rock. So he lifts it out of the basket, he sets it on the rock, and the angel takes his staff, and he puts it on that rock, and out from the rock comes fire, and it consumes the offering, meaning it is accepted before the Lord. Now, God is still working in the heart of Gideon. Gideon is still going to need some more proving. He will fleece the Lord with literally a fleece. And he just, just, just checking God, just making sure this is really you. What a shame. But you can't put, you can't pick on him when we in our, in the day we live in, spirit filled word talk, got the Bible. You, I got 57 different copies of the Bible I own grandma's, grandpa's, great grandma great grandpa's bible mom's bible, dad's bible mom's first bible my, bible, my bible my bible, my bible, my bible my bible, my bible different translations and paraphrases I got them, we live in a society that's got access to it it's on your electronic device right there you can get the whole thing on a slight, little tiny, the whole bible on a microfiche, go ahead with your bass self and read that puppy but you and I will make fun of this Gideon and we have more access to the word of God. And he, he has somewhat of an excuse. They had not been pursuing the Lord. I don't get so mad at him when he's just really trying to make sure. Cause after all he saw himself as the least of the weakest of the smallest of the most minute, but God wanted to show him God can be big. And what you perceive is small. No, I don't have time to preach this whole thing, but can I remind you? This man is so filled with such an awe of what God is doing, he puts out the call to all his brethren. What, 32,000 come? And then the first test comes. And then the second test. And what's left? 300 men. And, and Gideon is trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do with 300? But the Lord wanted Gideon to see that when God gives the battle, God gets the glory. So all I get to do is obey. And what did Gideon have, have to do? All he had to do is take his sword. Um, well his sword was a trumpet and a, and a, a, a fire in a pitcher. So his sword is not going to be in his hand it's going to be in his mouth. So he's got a trumpet and he's got fire, a flame and torch in this pitcher and at the right moment they will break the pitcher so the light all of a sudden shines and blow the shofar and shout the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The Bible said the enemy was like un- innumerable but 300 in unity. The enemy turned on themselves and they destroyed each other. And the battle and the victory was given to Gideon. I've read beyond and I can tell you that the mop-up time for Gideon in his life um, didn't all turn out as well as it should have. A few folks got full of themselves. Gideon did. But God still uses weak-kneed people to bring a deliverance. It's amazing to me how God just still chooses to use humans to do great exploits. So when you want to point your finger at some human who's messed up, sometimes I want to tell you about the great men and women of God that we knew and tell you about their exploits and then tell you about their humanity. The tendency then is to minimize what God did in them instead of realizing, in spite of their brokenness, God brought wholeness because His name is Jehovah Shalom. So when Gideon experienced the altar situation there with the flame, he built an altar unto the Lord and he said, Here, Jehovah has revealed himself to us as the Lord is peace. Now, everything about shalom means to us, in closing, because I'm, I'm just really out of time, but everything about the name shalom is this, completeness, wholeness, to set at one, meaning, to be brought to the place of what was originally intended for you and I as humans. It is fullness of prosperity and abundance. When you say Jehovah Shalom, you are invoking one of the most dynamic and overwhelming names of God. When you say in the name of Jehovah Shalom, you are invoking complete and total transformation in the situation for the person's heart that you're praying for. You're calling them to complete wholeness and prosperity. Israel is broke, busted, and disgusted, overwhelmed, and put down. But the Lord revealed himself to Gideon, and he said, Here, Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Here, the Lord is peace. There was a couple more steps, though. He would have to walk out, sending home a whole bunch of scaredy cats, checking out who really needs to go to battle. But when you say Jehovah Shalom, that ought to be your stake of faith in the ground. Here is what I'm going to stand fast and hold on to, and then I'll walk out this peace. I'm going to walk out until the enemy is driven out and all that belongs to me and my inheritance is returned to me. Jehovah Shalom is the Midianites not just out of the land, but no longer coming back. The Amorites no longer coming in and taking over every harvest that comes about from the land. I say to you, it's time for us to invoke the name of Jehovah Shalom over the United States of America. I say it's time for us to proclaim Jehovah Shalom over your house. Your street, your neighborhood, your borough, your your, your community, your city, your town, your county, and your state, the four-state region, and the nation. Are there any American citizens in here? If you are, you even have a right and authority over Guam. Because if you're a citizen of the United States, that citizenry extends to wherever our territories are and our states are. You have a right and you'll not get in trouble before the throne of God if you call on Shalom, Jehovah Shalom in Hawaii, Jehovah Shalom in wherever we have a territory. Speak Jehovah Shalom. There are some people who don't understand. They, they try to just run their mouth over stuff they have no spiritual authority over. Well, I'm a believer. Well, listen, if you're not, if you're not operating in authority in your own house, don't be messing with the White House, but activate authority in your house so that the houses next to you can have the blessing of Jehovah Shalom. Part of that means I'm just not going to get all scaredy cat. When the enemy is showing his face, his fangs or his claws, Amen? So when people start screaming and yelling and they're going to fly their flags of anger and hatred, what we're going to do, um, what we're going to do is just say, "No, No. No, you have no right to that. No. In fact, I don't I want you to understand my comments about our president is not a defense of him. It's their statements about him and about his office, but they're not def- I don't need to defend him. You go ahead and mess with him and see what happens. See God has set him in authority. You better pray he does a good job because it is going to affect us. I want him to defend the Constitution. I am praying Jehovah Shalom in every department of our nation and wherever the deep state is trying to cause problems because the spirit of Antichrist, also called globalist and globalist mentality, is risen its head and it thinks it's going to take over. You can't have this property. You don't get to have this structure until I'm out of here. I'm going to tell you why I yet believe in the rapture, because the Bible says that I'm getting married to Jesus Christ, and I'm going to stand before the Bema seat of Christ and experience the award ceremony. It's pretty obvious you're not a believer and you're not a Christian if you have no power over the enemy. When Jesus said, if you say my name, all authority is given to you. So either it is or it isn't. And if it is, that it means while we're yet on the planet, activate the power of the name of Jesus and the name of Jehovah Shalom that is in you. That's why the Lord knows he has to take us out. Because there is going to be a time of Jacob's trouble that is coming, and there will be yet another harvest harvest that I won't have any part of. There's a harvest you and I are supposed to have a part in. We are supposed to be bringing a harvest right now in the earth. We are supposed to go. We've been commissioned to go, but there is another one coming, and that harvest will happen when we are absent. But baby, we're coming back. It's just a seven-year trip. It's it's the shortest honeymoon I think I've ever seen in in just looking at all of eternity. We go, we get married we receive our, our our wonderful crowns and all those promises that he's promised to us an overcomer's crown and all of those rewards and then I find myself casting them at the feet of him who was worthy of all honor and all glory and all praise and then he says now let's go back because they're not going to destroy my chosen people and he who will ride on a white horse with a ribbon across his shoulder and his thigh he is king of kings and lord of lords he is prince of peace he will come back and he will enforce peace in Jerusalem and from the throne of his father David he shall rule for a thousand years and you and I will be given assignments during that time and our faithfulness now and our studious now as we studied the word and we were growing in the word we will be placed in that thousand year reign to serve the king of kings and the lord of lords At his pleasure and where he believes we've been faithful in. And there will be mortals who will be born during the thousand years who must hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because Jesus will physically rule from Jerusalem and David will be his regent and the goat nations that don't come and worship and pay homage shall not get rain according to the word of God. And those who do pay homage and worship the king of kings, the rain shall come for them in its court and they will produce great wealth and they will be blessed all during a thousand years. But at the end of a thousand years there'll be one more time that the enemy will be turned loose. Why? I want you to know God never made robots he made sons and daughters. And those who were born during that thousand years will have an opportunity to choose Christ or choose the antichrist, excuse me, choose the devil and that that serpent and that Lucifer and if they choose him, they will bow their knee at the great white throne judgment." I'm there as a witness, but not as a participant. If you go in the first load, you're not going to be standing at the great white throne judgment for judgment. You've already received your awards ceremony, but I'll witness I shall be. And then the devil is finally done away with, and so is all of the demons, and God the Father shall put his hand into the universe. The heavens will be renovated. The earth will be made new and there will be forever and ever and ever Jehovah Shalom abiding with his children. Talk about Shalom, the peace of God. Jehovah himself shall live with us on a new planet where all the minefields that have not been marked have already been destroyed. All nuclear waste has been a done away with. No more nuclear bombs to be concerned about. No more people with buttons to possibly push. It'll be a brand new day. And the Bible calls it the eighth day. And it shall be a day where there will be Shalom, 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 Jehovah, Shalom, Shalom. So when you and I right now call on the name of Jehovah Shalom, what we're doing is saying, I believe the day is coming, but until that day I will activate and release the Shalom of God for this day in the measure of authority that he's given to us. And by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, we overcome the enemy. And he is stopped. Fastest thing you could do right now is stand to your feet. For this preacher feels a second wind. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not. am not mad at Gideon. Hallelujah. I think I've been Gideon at my life in my life. How about you? Have you ever been a Gideon? You say, oh Lord, what can you do with old Danny Wormuth here? My mama and my daddy, the youngest of their families. What could you do? All God's looking for is a yielded and willing yes from every one of us. And he'll give peace. How many times have we missed opportunities to cry out to you? Well, I won't, I won't linger there, but Lord, I don't want to ever be there again. I want to be in your presence, linger in your presence. I'm going to let praise and worship reminding me that you look how far you have brought us, oh Lord. Your goodness So we're not going to let the enemy have our nation. Lord, we yet declare we are one nation under Jehovah, under God. One nation under you, O Lord. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Your name is on my heart and on my lips. And I will praise you and bless your name. You are mighty, God. You are an awesome God. So I ask you tonight to take the name of Jesus with you. I ask you to activate the name of Jehovah Shalom over your situations. And I ask that you will activate that name over our region and our community. I promise you, prayer will go a lot further than a slap. I mean, you, you know, it only feels good for a second to slap somebody who's just stupid carrying a Nazi swastika thing. I mean, it only feels good for a second. And then after that, you go to jail. So, you know, just, I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that. I just want, I want to speak shalom. Get, look at your neighbor and say, you're good looking. Tell them, don't say, tell them this. And I'm not talking by faith. I'm talking by sight right now. You're good looking. Tell them, I love you. Tell them, shake it off. That that weariness, that heaviness, that fearfulness. We're going to hell in a handbasket. Not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Say, say, say to your neighbor, if you start to sw- sing swing low, <laughs> I'm going to shock a buck on you. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. But don't be swing low when I'm in a swing low. I, most people singing swing low, sweet chariot are, are kind of hoping for a, an escape hatch. I'm like, nah. when we go, we going in victory. I know everybody says when the rapture takes place, we're, we're gone in an instant. But the Bible says you're changed in the twinkling of an eye. did not say you're gone. Wouldn't it be just like the Holy Ghost to let you, when you're changed, I can, listen, changed in a twinkling of an eye, I see Shannon standing next to somebody who ain't saved yet, and she's changed, and she grabs a hold of him and hangs on to him on her way up for a little while and say, this is what you could have (laughs) had. I'm sorry. I had to pick on you. I've picked on Joe all too much already all year long. What am I going to do? Supergirl. There you go. So I, wouldn't that just be like God? you be changed and people see you and then you go. How did Jesus go when he was called away? It wasn't a beam me up, Scotty. No, they saw him go. Mm, I'm, just, I'm just asking you to postulate with me for just a second. But I will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Don't make me make Joe go to the piano. All right. Could you get out of here tonight and take the name of Jesus with you. Love on somebody and tell them, Jehovah Shalom. All right.
0: Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at kno.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free.